Welcome back to the Battle of Sexes podcast. I'm your host, the Homeboys, with my co-host, Southern Sassafras, and we have a special guest co-host. We have Back to the Future joining us today in place of Mortal Kombat. Hey, y'all. Hello. We had a very good week of fantasy football last week. There was a lot of really close games that came down to Monday night, it seemed like. Uh, I know my game came down to losing on Monday night. A lot of down-to-the-wire games this week. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So to start the week out, we are going to talk about the matchups. We'll just jump right into those. We'll do Southern Sassafras' Cajun Creole right before those. And we'll end it with a special question from Dak to the Future and your Commissioner Tip of the Week. So Southern Sassafras, you want to kick us off? Sure. So this week, the spiciest player I gave to Austin Eckler with the Chargers, 36.7 points. And he had 12 catches and two touchdowns. So I know he's kind of had a slow start. Um, and maybe, you know, some uh, managers are like, oh, when's he going to kind of, you know, get his speed back and kind of start getting that use high numbers and everything. So hopefully he's back. So he was definitely the spiciest player this week. The blandest player is Mark Andrews. He only had 0.4 points. Um, he plays for the Ravens. He missed two catches and he only went four yards in one carry that he had. So he's been kind of consistently a higher scoring player on Bortles' team, and he just did not even show up this week. Yeah, he phoned it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird to see Mark Andrews on. Point I would four. never guess that. Uh, I was going to say, I think the quarterback's down, too, on the year for the the Ravens. I Just Lamar Jackson, he's a quarterback 20 on the year. He's just he's not performing. Like, something's off over there. Well, I think um, having Rashad Bateman hurt right now is, is definitely hurting Mark Andrews because they can't take the top off the defense because they don't have that speed receiver now, right now, until he comes back healthy. Yeah, uh, I, I can see that being a lot, lot of the issues. Uh, plus, they've had a lot of injuries at running back as well. Yeah, uh, they just got Gus Edwards back last week. Hopefully, that can alleviate some of the pressure that they have on their on their on their slot receivers and their tight ends, and maybe and maybe open it up a little bit. I just want to mention this since you brought that up, and that's a very good point. Is that I, I at this point, and because I've been playing fantasy for a while, I I am less worried about the running backs now at Baltimore. And I'm more worried about the medical staff and their ability to help these guys heal up. Because it seems like every year between the middle towards the uh, third third quarter of the season, somebody's hurt or multiple people are hurt. It's like, are you guys not treating them correctly? Is there not ice being applied or is there the wrong type of aspirin happening? I don't know. I mean, it could be a, it could be a, the player's will to come back, right? So they're, they're, be. they're maybe rushing medical diagnosis to get that player back on the field. Could be. It could be they have awesome crab cakes, and these guys are like, "Look, I'm not coming in. I gotta, I got, I got some crab cake stuff to happen." <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, you could look at like a perfect example would be Tua, right? So Tua had a was in concussion yeah. protocol like two weeks ago, and, and then he comes back, quick. gets hurt again, and like now he's you know is out. So it's like you're hurting the like longevity of these people, these players' careers too, if you're not careful. Yeah, I think you have to kind of balancing act, right? Yeah, you want them to play yes it's important but at the same time this is a person who has a family and you know you want them to be successful and longevity you have to think about is it more important that you rush it kind of like in the two example to maybe get that win or is it better for you to have two for the next five to ten years or however long a uh, quarterback's time 
um, typically is in the NFL and then have them be healthy and be at their peak performance. That's a great point because you invest a lot in those guys, their whole future, the franchise is at stake with those guys. Let's move into, well, right before we get in the matchups, let's talk real quick just about the fab that happened. Um, There wasn't a lot of fab moves this week, um, but there was a couple. So, and there was actually some competition in some of them. Um, So we had Micah Persons, which I know Dak, you had it earlier in the beginning of the year. He got a couple bids. And I tried to trade him too, and nobody wanted to trade. I was like, okay. I think it's really hard to trade defensive players and and also defensive uh, teams as well. I, I mean, like, you know, it's hard to get a value out of them. Yeah, but he is Micah Parsons, though. Yes, go Cowboys. <laughs> so the the one that stuck out to me was Tyler Algier got some some traction. So with the Atlanta run game, I don't really know if they know who's their running back since Patterson's out. Um, he was kind of their guy to go to, and it looks like there was a two offers of five dollars five dollars towards them. Original RBD won based on waiver priority, and then Michael Parsons was awarded to one to a hill, and then there's a couple defenses that were picked up for minimal minimal amounts of money. So, um, outside of the uh, the fab though, there was a lot of drops and pickups today alone. There was let's see, probably around fifteen or so. Wow. Pickups and drops. Was Minshew 14 of those? <laughs> yeah, he, he was 14. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I think I might have been at the higher Mr. end. Mr. I have list. three original players left on my team. He you is now up to 49 game. moves oh, in our God. in our league. So he was a he made nine moves this week. How many uh teams are there in the NFL? 32 teams. Okay, 32 more teams. moves. Minshew minions. You have more moves on your fantasy football team and week going into week eight than there are teams in the NFL. And last week we talked about how like Cannon Hespanians only had a move, but you can start to see where bye weeks are starting to hurt her team. And now she's fallen from third place last week to fifth place this week. Um, where you have teams like original RBD last week or even maybe the week before he was in twelfth spot and now he's already moved to the seventh position. So making those moves is imperative to stay competitive. All right, let's talk about uh, homeboys versus Southern Sassafras, where I lost right. on Monday night. So go ahead, kick us off winner. Yeah, so I won, not by a lot, you know, but I'll take a victory every time. Um, I really thought my homeboys had me, and I even told him that coming into Monday night. I was like, oh, I think you've got me, babe. You know, it's going down. Thank you, Stevenson, for putting my team on your back and bringing me to victory. So he definitely helped me out, almost 28 points. ETN did really well with 20 points. Um, Prescott, you know, I kind of took a gamble by playing him. He could have done more I think only gave me 12.28 points however you know he's just coming back from that injury this was his first game so yeah it was close but I was happy and Dobbs didn't help you you know zero points um Green Bay is just in my opinion it's a dumpster fire over there that definitely didn't help you to to win I know that Aaron Rodgers mentioned on one of those talk shows he goes on about how they need to rethink all the receivers and their ability you know, just um, stop giving them the th- the passes, you know, basically reorganize their um, the receiving core. I mean, he's not doing great either, but it, it makes you start thinking about like, how bad is it in Green Bay right now? It's not a one person thing. It's a it's a whole team thing. It feels like. Yeah, it's collectively. Well, yeah. How do you rethink players that can't catch the ball? That's the question. You know, I mean, that's well, what happened is they're dropping passes, they're hitting them in the hands. 
Yep, they're dropping passes. He's throwing it low. It's just like there's a synchronization that's just not happening. It's like it's almost happening. You know, you can feel it, but it's just not happening. Well, you'd think also like Randall Cobb being his like go-to guy, like he's still not doing anything yeah. either. So yeah. at some point you can point the finger all you want, but you gotta, you gotta look, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror right. too, buddy. That's yeah. a good point, yeah. I, a couple of takeaways I had from this game was drop Green Bay receivers. Just get them off your team. <laughs> just don't keep them. So Romeo Dobbs is no longer on my team. Another one was I had a feeling that Fryermuth would play. However, the medical community had me believing he was not going to play. Um, so I played Gusecki instead. So that, that hurt me. I was pleasantly surprised with Daniel Jones, number three quarterback on the week, uh, running crazy. for a hundred plus yards. Really impressive. It, that, that was a, that was huge for me. I'm glad that he uh, was able to at least put up some points there. Um, and if I would have just made a couple different moves, I would have won. I think another thing too, is McCaffrey, you know, that trade was very new. And he was just starting with San Francisco. So, of course, you played him. He didn't perform as well as he probably will moving forward because it was his first game, you know, with this new team. That kind of, I think, impacted it as well. Yeah, the fact that they had him involved as much as they did, I was I was actually impressed with that. So, with him just yeah. being there for like two days. Yeah, they mentioned that he knows most of the playbook already. Because, I mean, he went to Stanford, so he's a sharp guy. Oh, he's, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a sharp fellow. I want to go back to Daniel Jones for a second. Okay. 107 rushing yards, 202 passing yards. He only hit a one touchdown, but I mean, 300 yards of movement out of a six and one team. I think they are six and one right now. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's like the exact opposite of Green Bay in New York Giants. Like they're just, everything's working. Vince is good. Saquon Barkley, obviously, you know, he's doing his thing. And he's definitely fully healthy at this point, but it's just the whole team's happening. Well, it's a team they're effort. clicking and sinking, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, and they yeah. have lots of injuries on in their receiving core right now. Yeah. I mean, they lost Sterling Shepard for the year. Yeah. Kadarius Tony's consistently been dealing with an injury. Yeah. And they're still figuring out a way to win games. So it just shows you that you know it's a it, they believe in themselves and they're making it happen. Now it'd be interesting to see what the Jets do going forward, losing Brees Hall last week. Because they were another contender for being a really good AFC team. I don't know, but I was going to talk about the trade that just happened. Okay. So they just traded for Jacksonville, and James Robinson is headed up there. Yes. Yeah, James Robinson will be up there. And I'm wondering if maybe that wasn't a factor of why Robinson didn't have any touches this week. But maybe they were making sure he doesn't get hurt. But ETN stepped up. So that's another regret I have of this game was that I traded ETN. (laughs) <laughs> to Southern Southwest earlier in the year, and now it's biting me in the ass. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, man. yeah uh, that's that's a good point for Southwest that both those running backs you have picked up during this year, they didn't you did not start the draft with those guys, right? Right, correct. Right. right. All right, let's move on to uh Bald Eagle versus I Pity the Fool. Another very close game came down to three points for her to stick on her winning streak and be second place at six and one. That's crazy. It came so close. I didn't know. I mean, it was neck and neck there for a while. Yeah, it was a close game. She went into Monday night or Bald Eagle went into Monday night and he had Chicago and, you know, they scored 33 points, three interceptions. They've recovered a fumble. 
And they only got this was the thing that kind of confused me. Maybe it's a points thing. I uh, I apparently don't understand, but they only got 13 points. Like they got three interceptions and recovered a fumble. And the other team only got 14, but apparently that's only worth 13 points. It's crazy. I say that because I have a the defensive player from Chicago, Roquan Smith. That's why I was following the game. But I mean, yeah. it was down to the wire, like we were talking about earlier in the in the show. Especially Jamar Chase went off on Bald Eagles team, 34 points. Very impressive. You mentioned uh, J- kind of the quarterback, Lamar Jackson from Baltimore, kind of being off. Yeah. Only 7.70 points. Tampa yes. Bay defense, in uh, comparison, only gave her, uh, I pity the fool, 2.5 points. So, Yeah, Tampa's another team. You know, it's like a synchronicity or a, something's not, just doesn't feel right. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, they lost to Carolina. They didn't just lose to Carolina. They got spanked by Carolina. That's fair. That's fair. A Carolina who just traded away their biggest asset on their team. Right. Now, that kind of probably woke up the team of Carolina, but still, Tampa Bay is supposed to be, I don't know, top six defense in the league, I would say, at this point. Because defense isn't, and I would mention this for everybody, that defense isn't necessarily a static thing. I mean, there are general rules of thumb where, like, Chicago's defense is always – somewhat okay they definitely focus on it and so same thing for the ravens usually maybe not this year but usually but it's a very fluid thing you know where a team can be bad at defense in the beginning of the year and start you know turning it around i mean tampa bay is a prime example of that they i think they were much better at the beginning of the year compared to where they are now agree yeah you got backup running backs running all over you i think this game could have been very close to if Mortal Kombat was here, his benchiest player of the week being Tua on the bench. However, mm. if there was some swaps and Gibson was in there for Harris um, on I Pity the Fool's team, I think it would have been an even swap. So I don't think that would have mm-hmm. made that much of a difference. That's a good point. Um, and also, it's hard to start Tua with all the injuries. I get why he started Lamar Jackson. Um, but like you said, there's just there's some synchronicity issues yeah. at uh, in Ravens right now. Jamar Chase looked amazing for him. And the, but McCall Harbin, man, the Chiefs, the receivers at the Chiefs are starting to really take off. Like for them to put up 44 points on San Francisco's defense is is crazy. That's another one of those defenses is always usually solid. Yep, yep, absolutely. George Kittle came back too. You know, he's looking better. He's been hurt for a while and not playing great, but uh, I, I'm, I pity the fool's probably happy that he's coming around. Yeah, I would say trade him while he's healthy. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about <laughs> trades. <laughs> yeah, get him out of there while he's healthy. Right, get something for him. But yeah, That's I mean, right. Amari Cooper is, I think, like number seven, no, number eleven on the year for wide receivers. So he's Crazy. consistently putting up points, and that's what Jacoby Brissett thrown to him. So whenever she gets Deshaun Watson in there, that'll be right around the playoff time. That could be a, a huge bump to him in, in his receiving numbers. Let's move on to Mortal Combat. Narrowly beating KN Hespanians. Oh. And in this one, I'm going to give KN Hespanians the benchiest player of the week. And not because of anything on the bench, but because she played two by players. She played a linebacker from the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo defense, which gave her no points. Yet, Darren's team is so bad that he still <laughs> could only beat her by 0.26 points, even with her having. Two players that aren't even in the competition. 
And Joe Burrow, I mean, 44.24 points. He, I think, had the most points, but I didn't give it to him for spiciest because I believe he had it last week. I mean, it was an insane game, Joe Burrow. 481 yards of, of throwing. I mean, just Chicago would love to have that kind of talent sitting back there just rocking and rolling. Yeah, and DJ Moore came on, actually got some points this week, so that's huge. Clyde Zolaire, uh, I think that it looks like the Chiefs are kind of leaning toward Pacheco for their primary back, so you may see a more of a split backfield back there um, going forward. Brian Robinson looks pretty good for a guy that got shot, what, three times? He's looking pretty good as a football oh, yeah. player. Impressive. He definitely looks good. I don't know if I would consider him an RB1. Let me just say that. Um, I feel like when he did well last week, coming back, I mean, it's an amazing story you love to hear. You know, the guy was hurt, and now he's back, and he's come through such adversity. It's an awesome story. But I feel like they kind of took it easy on him because I was watching the game, and then I feel like they did took it less easy on him this week versus Green Bay. But they were still taking it easy on him. You know, you could see the defensive guys. They were like, they were hitting him. But it wasn't like, hey, let's hurt this guy or let's stop this guy. You know what I mean? Like, there was a level of respect happening, I feel like. I don't know. All these rough in the passer calls. I'm not, they're not getting any respect for any defensive linemen. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> point. Um, Raheem Moster has been a stud all year. He, he yep. has looked amazing yep. almost he's every, come, almost every game. Around. I mean, even last week, he only put up five points. But he's getting 14 attempts, 15 attempts, 18 attempts. Yep. So he's a starter for sure because he's he's there. He is their primary back. Chase Edmonds is is very clearly the backup. Yep, I dropped him in my other league. I just but that's a one thing I would mention about Raheem Mostert. I but absolutely agree. He's a fast man. He knows what he's doing. He definitely has the skills. Uh, he's their clear starter. But I would say he is injury prone. He had a lot of issues in San Francisco. Just something to keep in mind for that guy. I think I feel like uh, Mortal Kombat may be in some. It may run into some issues pretty soon. I mean, Mike Williams is out for at least four weeks. Mm. That's his primary receiver. So I mean, he does have Rashard Bateman back, but he really doesn't have. Other than that, he doesn't. Drake London is, while he's definitely the wide best wide receiver at Atlanta for whatever reason, they only target him. You know, he only caught one pass last week. So yep. hopefully Thielen maybe can come out and fill that maybe that secondary position that he needs yep. to for a while. Yep. But he's gonna have to make some some waiver waiver wire claims, I think, to be state remain competitive through the f- next four weeks. Needs to call up Minshew Minions to start getting some tips on like uh how to play the shell game. Yeah. <laughs> how many times do you drop players in a week? <laughs> I wonder I wonder if uh if, if stats would say Minshew Minions has dropped the same player picked that same player up in a week or before. That's funny. Minshew, have you reached your trading limit? I'd like <laughs> yeah. to see that pop up on the screen. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Dak to the Future and One to a Hill. Your victory last week, sir. Third place now. Hey. So what do you contribute your uh your winning wins to? So I think it's kind of what Minshew's doing. I'm making calculations and constantly trying to analyze my team. And make sure that I can be at every position, you know, as good as I can get there. I mean, some of it's luck, of course, but like Josh Jacobs, I picked him up early in the season. He's turning out to be a phenomenal running back. It's one of the best value running backs of the year. Might be the best in the year. I don't know. He's got to be in the top three, right? Mm -hmm. Running backs this year. He's getting there. He had had like 36 points this year, I want to say. Yeah. 36. 
Also, Roquan week. Smith, man, thirty-one points from a defensive player. Yeah, that's right. Really it impressive. was it was insane. Yeah, he got. I think he got an interception too. And Dallas's defense gave you twenty-two point five points, so that definitely helped too. Yeah, yeah, that's your good. defensive I mean, player had as many points as his wide receiver one, Jalen Waddle, and Kyler Murray combined. And that put me over the top because going into I want to say Monday night when Chicago played. I think he was in the lead, and I just happened to come back at the last minute with that guy, with uh, Mr. Roquan Smith, uh, who knows how to bring the pain train down there on New England. Yeah, I, I very rarely have seen teams ride their defense and their defensive player to victory, but you did it. I appreciate it. Go Cowboys. Well, well done. That was <laughs> a great win for you. Yeah, it's uh, I've got a lot of running backs, so that's kind of my thing this year. It feels like I've got a couple of solid wide receivers, um, but I've just been focused on making sure I get the right pickups and stuff. It's really the defense and the running backs, because my quarterbacks, I've gone through, I don't know, six of them. I don't know them at this point. I think I've seen you change every week pretty much. Yeah, I was doing a thing for a while where I was picking up the quarterback that was facing Washington. Because Washington last year gave up the most points to the quarterback position. So I was like, all right, let's try. And didn't always work. Like um, the Jets quarterback, can't remember the guy's name now, but I was so convinced he was going to be the guy because he threw for like 600 yards. uh, And then they ended up bitching up for Zach Wilson. So you're talking about Flacco. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Joe Flacco. So I was like, man, it's Joe Flacco's year. You know, he's coming back. You know, I was wrong. <laughs> but I tried. But it sounded good in my head. They're setting all these old, old quarterbacks on the bench. Maybe they need to follow that trait with Rodgers yeah. and Brady. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe. But going back to this match, um, Kenneth Walker looked phenomenal. Just the his burst of speed, his ability to escape the pocket and just find a cut and run for Seattle. I think they definitely have their guy. Now. I think he was their guy to begin with. I think they are just kind of giving Rashad Penny the the uh, veteran treatment, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kind of waited his, waited his time behind some other backs like Chris Carson and stuff like that. So they were like, "Well, let's give this guy a shot." But yeah, Kenneth Walker looks uh, like a stud. And when he gets DeAndre Swift back as well, and DeAndre Swift, I mean, you if you remember before he got hurt, he was putting up really good numbers in the first couple of weeks. And then he got hurt. So I think he his team's gonna start being competitive again as soon as because I mean mm. 156 points. That's nothing that's nothing shabby. He would have beat most teams in the league. Yeah, he did really well. Kyler Murray was good for him. Pickens was a good choice. You know, he got he got that came through for a wide receiver. Christian Kirk's looking good for the Jags. You know, go Jags. I just had he just ended up uh falling my way because Mr. Roquan Smith decided to make a name for himself. And I think he's trying to get a new contract. He's 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 gunning for that contract. So he wants to show the NFL, hey man, I'm worth this money that I'm asking for. So that's good. Yeah, sucks for Jags fans this year because they're they they get so there's so many games that they've almost won and they've lost by less than a touchdown or at least mm. one one uh, scoring drive. I think they're almost there. They just need they just need to tweak a couple things. Congrats um, on your victory and sliding into third place, sir. Third place. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, let's move on to Girls Rule Fins for Life versus Auto Draft, what he's commonly known as. So last week, Devin is not paying attention to his team because he played Justin Jefferson, and he did not play last week. 
So the, right there, he gave up a lot of points. Now, I don't know that he would have been able to put up enough points to beat uh, Girls Rule anyways. At almost 200 points. That's like her third game Gary. that's been very close to 200 points. So her team is, is rock and rolling. Yeah. She's got some serious uh, points happening. Schuster showed up. Mahomes, I mean, you can't go wrong playing him. Even yep. Aaron Jones, as much as we've been talking throughout the the this um, podcast about, you know, Green Bay and worrying about the wide receivers and, and uh, Mr. Rogers himself, you know, Aaron Jones still gave her 28.6 points. So, yeah, well, that's because Aaron Rodgers can trust Aaron Jones to hold the ball. Yep. And I watched the watch that game. Uh, it definitely looks like there's a trust, like Jan- like Lambo said, uh, there's a trust relationship between Aaron Jones and and Rodgers. For sure. You could see it happening. Yeah. I mean, her, her team, I mean, not much to talk about their studs. Her whole team is. It's incredible. Tyler Boyd went off this week. Juju, you know, this week will be a little interesting with the Chiefs being on bye week. So, you know, she'll have to pivot a little bit because two of her really good players are going to be on bye. So she's going to have to move a couple pieces around to make it work. But I think, uh, I think Palmer, Josh Palmer is a good pickup with um, as many players are hurt and the chargers. Like he didn't play last week, but I'm pretty sure he's healthy to play this week. And then auto draft, nothing to say. You, uh, I mean, he played the best points he had available at the time. He probably should have hit the waiver wire a little bit to be able to at least put up a challenge. But yeah, you look at his bench; he's got like one, two, three, four people yeah. on by and an empty yeah. spot. So yeah, last week had a lot of heavy hitting teams that were on by, so that that does hurt. All right, mm-hmm. last matchup um, of the discussion is Benchy Minions and the original RBD. Original RBD slowly climbing up like me, seventh place. I was mentioning him to th- this week, and he was like, "I'm coming for that trophy." He so he's he's still fighting and clawing, he's even though he's in twelfth place. <laughs> I think he's he's high now. What what place is he now? Now he's at seventh. seventh. There you go, moving on up, making moves where he needs to. He has Gus Edwards on his team, which I think is gonna be good. I don't know about J.K. Dobbins. It's on. A, it, I think he probably cut that person or move him to IR because I, I don't know if Dobbins is their their guy. Um, it's kind of like Cam Akers and the Rams. like They're injury prone and then they're back. They're not performing. But props to him. Geno Smith carrying his team. Yeah, Geno Smith. Just incredible. The Seahawks are so happy with that choice. He's just, he's he looks like a, a starting quarterback. There's just, I, I listen to a lot. I'm a Seahawks fan too and I listen to their talk radio and they're just, they're really impressed. Pete Carroll's impressed with him. He said, you know, it's 10 plus years in the league. Gino's had, he's just really performing at another level. He's been picking up tricks through the years. It's incredible. Yeah, he's making a, every advantage of that. Who would have thought trading Russell Wilson was a good thing for the Seahawks? He beat, he knocked off uh, Minshew Minions. So now Minshew Minions is, is dropped to sixth place. Uh oh. Um, you know, a lot of our league is four and three, three and four. In that range, so it's anybody's game to get those thoughts. Now, there's a couple spots at the top that are two, six, and one teams, so we're all kind of fighting for that third to sixth position, but um, it's very close. So I think Minshew Minions, you know, picking up Eno Benjamin was a great pickup for him. Um, he just couldn't put up enough points. Devonta Foreman, he probably should have played instead of James Robinson, but who knew that James Robinson was going to be benched all game? I don't think anybody right. saw that coming. Right, right. I don't know about the Mariota on his bench but you know i mean that's yeah me. yeah i mean i think it's a it's a bye week only play Cap, he's captain fumble over there so yeah be careful with that. that man it's dynamite 
I think CD Lamb's going to come back for Minshew. Uh, you know, it's Dak's first week back. I just want to mention that. Um, Kelsey for original RBD. I mean, just keep playing them. That's a <laughs> lock blend between yeah. Eckler and Kelsey. Those are two. I mean, those are serious. Put them in there points. and just yep. keep rolling until they get yep. a bye week. Yep. yep. Agreed. This week, the commissioner's tip was actually provided by Southern Sassafras. So I, I, did, I was calling drawing some blanks. So she came through for me and she talked about trades in the league and how does it affect your fantasy value right now november 1st is the trade deadline for the nfl so teams will be trading a lot you'll see a lot more trades we've already seen some this past week but you'll see a lot more in the next week where teams are starting to move players for draft picks or to free up some capital um, or maybe they have injured players and they have to go out and get either free agents or they're trading that will impact your fantasy team so look at that things like christian mccaffrey leaving the Panthers, uh, you know, that opens up one that hurts Jeff Wilson, right? So they're not going to not play Christian McCaffrey. He's top tier running back. They're no, obviously going to play him. So that diminishes uh, Wilson's role, but it also opens up roles for guys like Chubba Hubbard or Devonta Foreman to have an option to, you know, be, be a, a running back one for you potentially. You know, depending on how much Carolina uses them and stuff. So that's really something to look at and focus on whenever you are looking at the waiver. Injuries are one thing, but those big trades are another big thing that could really impact you. Yeah, pay attention to handcuffs with that, too. Agreed. Good yeah, because a, a lot of point with the, like a Chubba Hover, Deonta Foreman, they don't really have a designated starter. So both those guys could share time. And that could give you options right there to have some flux, guys. Finally, Dak to the Future actually brought the question of the week. So go ahead, sir. So my question of the week, uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, my question of the week is what is happening in this weird place we find ourselves in fantasy football this year? And what I mean is Aaron Rodgers is a locked-in starting quarterback. A year after year, no question, no doubt. Sassafras knows that too well because she's won several championships with that man. So, like, what is happening with their top quarterbacks? Matthew Stafford, they won the Super Bowl last year, and he's quarterback 13 on the year. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback 10. Tom Brady, you know, just it's you see this shift happening where when these teams are usually heating up at this point in the year, now they're falling off i guess is the best way to i could put it they're not clicking on on so many levels the defenses aren't showing up for them their offense is struggling the play calling like uh for example but uh not buffalo but um denver like what's happening with the play calling in denver yeah and i don't know what the answer is because i you know like tom brady greatest of all time you know people call him the go we mentioned um earlier when we were talking about matchups tampa is just struggling right now and i know he's got some personal stuff going on that's obviously impacting him but you know and rogers too i mean they lost adams but he just can't seem to find a consistent wide receiver which is why jones continues to perform well because you know you guys mentioned the trust and everything but he just can't seem to be where he needs to be he just I mean I have him in another league and he just has not put up the points that he consistently like you're used to I'm considering dropping him I mean that's where I'm at Stafford you mentioned you know returning Super Bowl champions you think hey that's a sure uh, person you can just sit and forget in your team and he has you know got to the point where I finally did have to drop him and do some other options I think a lot of it could be that one 
the game's changed, right? So some of these older quarterbacks and stuff like that, just things have changed throughout the time. They've lost a step. They're running, doing a lot of RPOs. These new quarterbacks are running quarterbacks. They're not pocket passers. Um, like in the past, you had gunslingers like Peyton Manning, Brady, Rogers, these guys, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. They're never known for running, right? But now these new running back, these new quarterbacks run the ball. I think that is part of it. Defenses are caught off guard by that. If they know you're a pocket passer, they can just crowd the box and then they can right. just rush, you know, rush you. Um, I also think injuries to lines um, and stuff like that has something to do with it. Um, and then it could be personnel changes, you know, like for instance, Rogers just lost all his targets pretty much. So, right. or his main target, Devonta Adams. And sometimes those huge receivers have a huge impact. Not all coaches or teams can adjust quickly to that. I mean, I think the chiefs are a good example of a team that did adjust quickly. Um, and even though they lost Tyreek Hill, they've pivoted and they've been able to be to remain competitive. Um, but you know, same thing with the Jaguars, they got new players that they still have to get acclimated brand new coach. It's going to take time. It may not be this year that you get everything figured out. But I also think it's just sometimes there's uh, with these these veteran quarterbacks, maybe it's time to step away, you know, give the give some youth a, t- a chance. So, uh, my homeboys, I think those points that you made are real good. Um, it's definitely about the teams and how they're a- adjusting. Maybe it is the sunset years for some of these higher end, reliable, high point quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. But I think that's also why we need to emphasize paying attention to the waiver wire because, you know, we just mentioned three major teams that are the focus of drafts. Uh, We focus on Tampa Bay and Green Bay. And uh, I don't know if we focus on Denver as much, maybe in the years to come, but, but these are reliable pieces that everybody can pick up to help them win their fantasy. Lord knows uh, Southern Sassafras has been helped by Tom Brady or, <laughs> or I mean, Aaron Rodgers before. I want to mention this as a counter argument or a thought for what you mentioned. And I think in the name I want to mention is Geno Smith because he is an older gentleman, um, been in the league at least 10 years. Now he's not, he's only 32. Uh, he is, but he's not, like Mahomes is 27. So he's kind of in the middle of his career, it feels like, but he is completion percentage this year is 73.5%. And then if you go down to Tom Brady, let me find him on my list. So I was all right. He is number six, but his completion percentage is 66.9. So Geno Smith, 73.5 to Tom Brady, 66.9. And, and Geno Smith didn't play football last year. He sat on a bench. Uh, now, Mr. Tom Brady's 45 and Geno's 32, so that's not exactly the same thing. But what I mentioned and the reason I brought up both of those guys is adaptation. And I think a lot of what Mahomes boys, what you said earlier, is true. I think another thing is some teams are pivoting, just like you mentioned uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Andy Reid has always been able to come up with a well-planned-out uh, game script and execute it usually it do- doesn't look like tampa can do that as much this year neither can green bay i think coaching comes a lot into that right tampa's coaching staff is tom brady i mean you could say whoever you want is behind the the actual head coach position but tom brady's the guy right calling the call on the, the the plays on the field most of the time mm-hmm. um whereas i think 
at the Chiefs situation, Jag situation, like they have established coaches that they trust and that they are running these plays that these coaches put out there for them. Now, maybe they call it audible here or there based on the or the defense that they see, but for the most part, they're following the playbook, right? So they're going, okay, this draw, play is drawn up for this player. That's who I'm going to try and get it to. And they mm-hmm. trust the coaching staff. I think that's part of it as well. Um, I, I mean, we all know that there's history with Rodgers and the coach. Um, right. There at Green Bay, they clash at times. So that could be a, it could be a respect thing. You know, it, it could be, he's like, I want to run my offense and the coach is like, has different plays drawn up. So they are, they may not be in the same communication line there as well. Whereas, you know, Pete Carroll, he's a trusted coach, right? So Geno Smith, Hey, you follow his game plan. You're going to do well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Pete Carroll also to bring it, since you brought him up, uh, you know, he has 10, he had a decade at uh, USC coaching and teaching young people. So he's used to dealing with adaptation because uh, the turnover through college football, of course, is, is much higher than the NFL. Um, so I, I think that's one of those feathers in the cap for Seattle because they're they're changing and they're adapting. Tampa Bay, I mean, that their new quarter uh, head coach, can't remember his name off the top, but this is his first year coaching them so that's a good point but then we go back to green bay and that guy's been in place their head coach for a while and it doesn't look like it's working well their whole system yeah i mean you both made a lot of really good points and i'll just say going back to um getting in sync and just kind of you know trusting the coach and the quarterback and working together i think maybe wilson's whole thing is it is new for him to be on that team to figure out who he's going to kind of rely on for his, you know, wide receiver position and the coaching staff, maybe just to, to kind of get used to his play style or just to make it work for that team to start um, getting some wins. You know, I think it just takes time. I think it comes down to maybe he's a little more limited than he wants to admit. Maybe he's not so <laughs> unlimited. <laughs> great, That's great good. question for the, That's for good. the podcast. The DAC, uh, that was a good one to bring up. I like it. So Appreciate it. it. it let's shed some light on some of the stuff that could be happening to these teams. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about real quick was uh, we had our Halloween party. I know I know most of the people in the league were there. You know, just a quick rundown. So uh, Minshew Minions and I Pity the Fool were there, and they were Beetlejuice and Lydia. They were the uh, how uh, they were the the wedding um, version of 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 those characters. Uh, our da- own Back to the Future girls rule fins for life. They came as Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch, and which congratulations, Back to the Future, on winning the on the costume contest. Thank you very much. I appreciate sir. it. Yes, sir. We had Bortle Combat come with his wife. They were be- they were um, the Mad Hatter and Alice, myself, and uh, my beautiful wife, Southern South Fresh. She came as Avatar. And I came as Pyramid Head from Silent Hill, and nobody knew who I was, so that was a good time. Um, and Swoon Chubbs came uh, with his girlfriend, and he was... Um, Squid Game? Squid Games, yeah. He was yep, from Squid yep. Games, and she was a jester. Other than that, I mean, there are some other people that couldn't make it, but we had a good time, and it, it was it was fun. I think everybody had a good time. So just yeah, wanted to run through the time. costume stuff. So Yeah. I thought that Minshew Minions and I Pity the Fool, I thought their costumes were great. You know, they were mm-hmm. very well thought out. I loved his hair. It had like that fake bald comb over thing. It was amazing. Yeah, and I didn't know he was a method actor. 
but after he got the drunk card in the, and I don't know if you, if people played the werewolf game, but he got, he got to play the character, the drunk and he performed it perfectly. So look, if, if your tractor supply career doesn't work out, you always have, you could always be a method actor. I think, I think you can handle it. See, there you go. There you go. You got a fallback career. That's your plan B, lining. whether you <laughs> do it or not. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, Dak, for filling in for Mortal Kombat. You're welcome. We'll have Mortal Kombat back next week. Sass Saras, thank you, as always, for co-hosting with me. Yes, always a good time. All right. Set your lineups. Set your yep. lineups. No bi you have lots of bye weeks coming up. Adjust accordingly. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.